At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Yandel sends it to Faraby. Back up top. Now Yandel. He hammers one to Anderson with a quick glove snaps that one. And he'll hang on face-off coming up in the Hurricane Zone. The Hurricanes penalty killers on both flanks. Cole and Slavin did an excellent job of denying the one-timers. Excellent job. And Cole trying to get a stick to it. Now a rap chance comes off the side and out of the box. It's Jordan Stahl. Short-handed. Stahl and Unhart. Stahl takes a move at Hart. Outweights the captain. And the period will end with another opportunity for Stahl. Two golden opportunities out of the box. And we'll head into the first intermission with thunderous applause from the Canes and a nothing-nothing score. Anderson holds the post. Now deflected out in front by Couturier. And Anderson gets a pad to that somehow. Now, yes, for Foss, Canes need to relieve the pressure, and they will get the puck into the Philadelphia zone. Well, the Anderson show, the, the Flyers after the power play didn't convert. They've settled back into their game. Uh, Lawrence trying to make a move. Carolina keeps the puck in. Stahl hammers one. That goes wide. Rebound chance. Benning the score! Stevie Lawrence hammers that one over the center field fence, and the Canes take a 1 0 lead. What a play by Seth Jarvis to stay onside. Svechnikov hammers one. That hits the post. Rebound chance. They score! Seth Jarvis with a broken stick. Hey, rookie, it's going your way. His second of the season puts Carolina up 2-0. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Only it wasn't 2 nothing, And therein lies the problem. That goal was disallowed. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. I uh, believe that was the great philosopher Basho. Actually, no. Uh, I believe that was uh, Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch. Uh, anyway, if we're going to practice what we preach here, process, right? Process. Hurricanes played a good game tonight, just lost. Lost to a better goaltender tonight, Carter Hart. Really was the difference in this game. I thought Carolina played well, apart from maybe the first... Seven minutes of the third period, maybe the last, maybe the first. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't even uh, didn't even last that long. I thought maybe uh, six, seven minutes. Philadelphia tilted the ice, but after that, thought it was pretty much an even period. Philly got the break, the one break that they needed, and uh, that was that. Uh, and you have a two-one Philadelphia Flyer win. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Uh, Windows, siding, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, you name it, they've got it. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. Check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. 39 saves for Carter Hart. Philly gets two goals in the third. They win it 2-1. Canes are now 10-2-0 on the season. 
and they will host the very good St. Louis Blues tomorrow night at PNC Arena. And then uh, only one more home game. That's right. One more home game the rest of the month, and that is the Sunday after Thanksgiving when Washington comes to town. If you are thinking about the St. Louis Blues, they are 8-2-2 and on the season. A really, really good team. They are leading, tied with Minnesota atop the the uh, Central Division in the Western Conference. So uh, that's what we have to look forward to. Uh, again, I, I, you know, we, we should be about playing well and hoping the results follow. It happened in Tampa. Played well, trailed in the third. Results followed. Uh, you got the tying goal. You win it in overtime. You win it twice in overtime. Uh, but tonight, played well, better team. The results didn't follow because the other goalie was awesome. Carter Hart, absolutely the star of the show tonight at PNC Arena. Uh, let's just run through some things here because, uh, again, uh, can't be too upset. I mean, hockey's a weird game. Sometimes you, you're the better team and you don't get a win because the other team either gets a couple of breaks, Philly got w- the, the one break they needed, and you maybe get great goaltending and they absolutely got that. Freddie Anderson played well. Really can't fault Freddie on, uh, I mean, could he have stopped the first one? Yeah, could have, but, I mean, Joel Farabee is in, a, in alone. And frankly, Joel Farabee was probably owed one based on the save that Anderson made on a redirect, I believe, of a, I think it was a Claude Giroux pass. I could be wrong. Uh, but a really good pass ahead to Farabee for a redirection try uh, that Anderson makes a great save on. So uh, the Hurricanes didn't, just didn't get the win tonight, but uh, that's such is life. Power play. The Hurricanes were 0 for 5, but wasn't a bad power play. Uh, they had nine shots on goal. They had 13 scoring chances. They had five at high, uh, five high danger scoring chances. Uh, so they, and really late in the game, they had just tons of opportunities. Tavo Teravine had hit a post. Uh, Hart made two great saves. And then Ivan Provorov came over and denied a goal. That would have been uh, for Teravainen. As the goalie, Hart was down and out. Provorov makes a save. So just Teravainen alone had four chances, I believe, on that one power play. Uh, Penalty kill was outstanding. Five for five on the kill. Uh, How about this? Not only was Carolina five for five on the penalty kill, but they had a 3-2 edge in scoring chances while Philadelphia was on the power play and a 3-0 edge in high danger chances. You heard Jordan Stahl's two chances uh, at the end of the first period. Uh, one, he comes out of the box. This is actually at the end of a 5-on-3. Stahl comes out of the box. Uh, we'll talk about that 5-on-3 in a second. Stahl comes out of the box, uh, skates in, maybe makes one save too many. Hart stops him. Jordan Stahl was so far ahead of the play, he was able to get his rebound and circle it around again for another scoring chance that uh, Hart denied. So two great chances for Jordan Stahl at the end of the first period while shorthanded. Uh, and then there was a Derek Stepan and Jordan Martinuk show on another power play for Philadelphia where Stepan toe drags around uh, and uh, takes a shot that fit, that Carter Hart saves. Martinuk gathers the rebound, uh, ends up in front of the net on his backhand and just tries a spinorama shot that doesn't go uh, but again, Carolina was outstanding on the penalty kill tonight. Uh, 
But here's the deal. Here's ultimately why Carolina lost, and then we'll explain what happened with Seth Jarvis' goal that was waved off. Uh, first two periods needed to have more than one goal on the board. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Uh, two periods needed to be more fruitful. Expected, expected goals on natural stat trick was 3-1 Carolina. Through two periods, the score was one nothing. Does show you that Freddie Anderson played well, right? Uh, but Carolina needed to get more out of it. They had two on the board, uh, but that didn't happen. Um, Steven Lawrence, I'm sorry, Steven Lawrence made it one nothing at 11-14. Um, starts the play in the neutral zone, makes a great play to keep the puck alive. Jordan Stahl uh, ultimately holds it in. And Stahl fires a shot that goes wide. Jesper Faust uh, sends it over in front of the net. Uh, in the air, and Stephen Lawrence uh, wasn't really a line drive uh, over the center field wall, as Mike Metascalco said. It was more a, a a bloop single, but it beat Carter Hart, and it was one nothing. And then about a minute later, uh, Seth Jarvis makes a play. Uh, the puck comes in the offensive zone, and Jarvis is trying to stay onside. Uh, obviously. He didn't because that goal was disallowed. Uh, and ultimately, Jarvis bangs home a rebound on an Andre Svechnikov, of an Andre Svechnikov shot that I think hit the post. Uh, Jarvis breaks his stick in the process of trying to score. Um, but ultimately, they reviewed it. It didn't take very long. And that goal was taken off the board. And think about this. Carolina, now two games in a row, has had a goal disallowed by being offside. So now they are one and one when having a goal taken off the board because a player was offside upon further review. Uh, I don't know. That's, uh, what do you do? It was Carolina, again, Carolina played well. So through two periods, that was it. And the problem with dominating for two periods and only having one goal on the board is that you leave the door open. And that's what happened. And in the span of about six minutes, Philadelphia made Carolina pay. Comes to line with good support for Santa. Plays it up the wall. It comes back to Rasmus. And a moving ahead to Lawton. Scott Lawton from the red line trying to bank. Played it for him. He's got him. He scores! Scott Lawton with a bank to Faraby. And this game is tied at one. Another way. McEwen gets there first. Zach McEwen. Checked by Svechnikov. Broken stick. McEwen got the puck to Brown, but he lost it, but does tip it to Braun. Braun, a shot deflection. Score! Zach McEwen got his stick on it. And he has his first goal as a flyer. And the Flyers lead 2-1. First one was a great play by Scott Lawton, who inten- in- intentionally banked it at, at, off the... Uh, off the end boards, right to Joel Farabee. And this happened right after Farabee was robbed by Anderson on a redirection try that I talked about earlier. Uh, So it's 1-1. Six minutes later, uh, Carolina is hemmed in their own end. Ian Cole has a broken stick. They do fight to get the puck out. Actually, Seth Jarvis carried it out of the zone. But Andrei Svechnikov also had a broken stick. He lost control of the puck. Ultimately, it comes back in. And uh, Braun gets it to the front of the net, and uh, Zach McEwen deflects it over Freddie Anderson. It was just a knuckleball at that point. Uh, And so they got the lucky break. Carolina breaks two sticks, gets a deflection goal, and it's 2-1, and Carolina just could not get the equalizer. 
again, the power play in the third period was excellent. Uh, and Carolina played a good game, just didn't get a win. Uh, but really, if, uh, if you're going to point to anything in this game, and really it's hard to blame anybody um, other than Philly's goaltender, Carter Hart, who played great, uh, you just have to get more out of the first two periods when you are absolutely dominating Philadelphia. Just utter domination for 40 minutes, and they just didn't get enough out of it. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network. I want to be consistent. I'm a process guy. I know you're a process guy. Should have gotten more out of the first two periods, but I didn't hate their game tonight. I hated the first six or seven minutes of the third period, but I didn't hate their game tonight. I just hated the fact that they lost. So I'm really not that busted up over what I saw. Carter Hart was awesome. Yeah, no, this game came down to two things. A bad start to the third period, and they were getting absolutely worked for the first, you said six or seven minutes, I'll call it the first half of the first period, of the third period. I mean, Carolina had only allowed 13 shots on goal through the first two periods. And I think, I think Philadelphia had 13 in the first half of the third period. I mean... Carolina had almost no possession. Yep. Um, they were getting smoked in their own end. So it was the first half of the third period, and it was Carter Hart. That's the reason they lost the game. I mean, yeah, they didn't get it. They didn't get enough out of the first two periods. But again, Carter Hart, I thought was really good for that. I actually thought Freddie was good for Carolina. Yep. For most of the game tonight. Um, and I don't even. I mean. Yeah, he can make a save on the uh, on the Farabee goal, right? But you know, Levo gets kind of caught puck watching, and he and he can't turn and skate fast enough when the puck goes into the corner. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, that's I think I think everybody who watched the game basically came over with the same thing. You heard from the players, you heard from the coach. First two periods really good, didn't score enough. Had another offside situation. <laughs> took one off the board. Yep. And then the third period wasn't good enough. Um, and Carter Hart. So, I mean, that's really the story of the game tonight. Yeah. If you go go to the uh, – but even in the third period, I mean, how many chances did Carolina have to uh, tie the game? They, they had shorthanded chances. They had two shorthanded chances in the third period. Tara Vinen yeah. had four scoring chances – on that power yeah. play in the last, you know, with, you know, midway through the third, maybe with eight minutes to go. Uh, I mean, literally, mm-hmm. he, he hit a post. Uh, yeah. Hart, I think Hart made at least one, maybe two saves on him, and then Ivan Provorov made a save on him. I was, what are you yeah. going to do? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Derek Stefan toe dragged one and oh. had a good chance uh, that he just kind of threw off the pad. Somebody got the immediate rebound to that and couldn't Martin score. Oak. Yeah, yeah, Martin. O- yeah, Martin. O- um, who kind of just waited too long. I mean, I feel like he just kind of did too much. Yeah, on that situation. But I mean, they they definitely had tons of opportunities to score goals tonight. Um, they just didn't. And Carter Hart was was the primary reason for that. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it wasn't really about generating chances. I mean, they generated them. And, you know, even if you look at the third period and you go back and look at the numbers in the period, 
now that it's all said and done. And you'd never, you'd never know that Carolina just got it pushed in for the first half of it. Um, but you know, that's where, that's where the damage was done. So, I mean, in, pretty, in, pretty straightforward in all situations in the first, really it was in the first six minutes of the period in all situations, Philadelphia had a 10, one edge in shots in the, yeah. in the first six minutes, they ended up with 12 shots in the period. <laughs> so it was, it was a heavy dose of Philadelphia push. Then they got, they caught a lucky break. Remember, you know, for, for how long that were we talking earlier this year about how fortunate Carolina was getting Shots off of opponent opponent's sticks, skates, uh, just weird yeah. bounces that went in, passes that didn't get through, came right back to shooters who scored. So today they didn't get any of that, and this is what you see. And on top of that, you get a great goaltending performance. Philly gets the uh, the the one real good break of the game. Carolina's got Ian Cole with a busted stick. They get the puck out, but. Svetch has a broken stick, and they lose it at center ice, and it comes right back in. Svetch doesn't have a doesn't have a stick, so Carolina is essentially shorthanded. And you get the uh, the deflection from McEwen, and it flutters past Freddie, and that's the that's the goal. And then they just couldn't get the equalizer, so Philly got the break. Carolina has been getting breaks for much much of the beginning of the season. Carolina just didn't get one tonight. It's just kind of it's it's the funny parts. That's kind of the weird part of hockey. You could do everything right, and it doesn't matter. We're processed people, so eventually it'll work out oh, yeah. for Carolina if they keep doing that. Um, I, you know, I'm the, the under hit tonight five and a half. Um, so to ching to ching, Carolina also loves Carolina also loves hitting the pipe tonight. I mean, how many times did they ring a post? I, I think three off the top of my head. Yeah, on the Jarvis, on the Jarvis disallowed goal. Didn't the uh, didn't the Svetch shot go off the post? Yeah, yeah. Svetch rang the post. I think Cabo rang it twice. Yep. Um, you know, he took he third period. First of all, the pass he got from Svechnikov in the third period. I have no idea how Svechnikov got that pass <laughs> to him in the third period, but he got it there. Yep. And Cabo rings the post. So they, they love beating Carter Hart, but not scoring. Um, they took five penalties again tonight. So I, I still think that's, you know, their penalty kill luckily is good. So they, they have the, 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 the ability to, you know, negate those. But now it's half of the games this year where they've taken five or more penalties yep. in a game, which is probably too many. Yes. Definitely, and they didn't get not probably. On, it's definitely too many. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't get anything on the power play in terms of a goal. So you could point to the special teams tonight too. Yeah, but I didn't hate the power play. That's the thing. I mean, I no, no, the, the power play looked good. It just didn't score. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the penalty kill. I had I had actually was sort of charting this going along, but. The penalty kill was better than Philly's power play. And I'm not saying, like, because Philly didn't score. Carolina's penalty kill was more dangerous than Philadelphia's power play. Um, the Canes were 5-for-5 five five killing penalties. 
They had a 3-2 edge in scoring chances on Philly's power play and a 3-0 edge in high danger. And I'm not sure why that isn't 4-0 unless they didn't count Martinook's backhand try a high danger chance, which it, it probably wasn't. Uh, but Stahl had two right off to the five on three. Stepan had one in tight. They just didn't, again, I mean, we can sit here all day long and say the same thing over and over again. Carter Hart uh, was a man uh, tonight. It was great. And, you know, last year was such a tough year, so good for him. Uh, but do you have, have you seen the, the standings in the division? I mean, I looked at them earlier today, but it's not like I like studied them or well, you know, but committed them to memory. Everybody's over 500. The Islanders yeah. are in last place. Yeah. The the division is nuts. So in the now it's it's hard to even complain about bad teams in like Buffalo's actually off to a good start. I mean Buffalo right now I think is in playoff position uh in the in the Atlantic division. Uh but there are there are a handful of really bad teams in the NHL. And none of them play in the Metropolitan Division. Because even the teams that you would think are bad aren't. Columbus is was 7-3 and three going to tonight. I don't know what the final score was between them and Washington. I know it was tied, I think, in the second period. The Devils are over I 500. I think the Caps won 4-3, if I remember right. I mean, it's, it's just a very difficult division. The Flyers came in in seventh place, and they were 6-3-2 and two on the season. I mean, I... I think the Flyers uh, are a playoff. To me, they're a playoff team, especially if Hart plays well. I mean, it just the the whole division is just an absolute. It's a it's a landmine every time you take a step. Um, so it's going to be hard to keep. You know, it's going to be hard to to get five teams in the playoffs. I think there are five. There might be six playoff teams, seven playoff teams in the uh, Metropolitan Division, but they ain't going to get. They can't get more than five, which is the flaw in the system for me. Um, I think the two division winners should go, and I think the next six best teams should go because there's nothing to say that six or seven playoff teams can't play in the Metro. Uh, but I, mean, I think Philly's really good, so I'm not, uh, again, I was kind of surprised that Carolina dominated as much as they did for the first two periods. Expected goals were, uh, was it six? No, expected goals were 5-3 tonight in favor of Carolina. And the final score was 2-1 Philly. Yeah. It was just a uh, just an incredibly uh, goofy day. But Carolina's penalty kill continues to be good. What do you think? Um, I actually didn't even blame the referee for getting the Trocek call wrong. I don't know, I don't know how you see that in real time. In the first period, tr- uh, whoever it was, I think it was Travis Sanheim, I mean, his his skate actually hit the, the the base of the boards on the wall. But Trocek was right there, and his stick was in front. At, at high speed, I can absolutely see why the official blew the whistle and sent him off for tripping. Because it, at, at uh, real, in real speed, it looked like it. Um, it was only through replay that we saw, no, nah, his skate just hit the boards, and he fell down. He, he, he tripped himself. Oh yeah, I mean this. This is Trocek took well. He took tripping, and then he took an unsportsmanlike after that. Yeah. Right? So he argued. So he argued because he yeah. didn't commit a penalty. Uh, so yeah. I totally get it. Honestly, I don't remember it. I don't think I was looking. Uh, I don't think I was watching the play when it happened. 
I think I was looking at something else. So uh, I don't no. really remember. I just, I just know what I know about that situation is uh, that Carolina went from a five-on-four power play to a four-on-three penalty kill situation. I don't even think they set up the five-on-three. Ian Cole and Jacob Slavin erased that. Uh, and then Stahl comes out of the penalty box when his time mm-hmm. is up. And uh, he has two shorthanded grade-A chances before anybody yeah. from Philadelphia came near him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the first shot was great, but it's like he picked up his own rebound and then like circles around to the front of the net <laughs> and can't score. It was it's just, awesome. It, it, was, it was just one of those days, man. That's all I could say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, no doubt. but meanwhile, they have St. Louis coming in. Who's eight, two and two on the year, uh, St. Louis tomorrow or today, depending on when people are listening to this. And then they go to, uh, the West coast for a week and a half. So it's pretty important. And Vegas is obviously good, even though they're not whole, uh, the two LA teams are playing pretty good hockey. They're, they're not easy to beat, especially in their buildings. San Jose is off to a good start. Who knows? Carolina might see James, the red-hot James Reimer. So uh, then mm-hmm. they go, They also have Seattle, a uh, little reunion with John Forsland. So it's going to be it's going to be wild. Uh, you know. Yeah. I you, you almost hate to to make the St. Louis game a must win, but I mean there's probably not a ton of points to be had on this West Coast trip. I mean maybe you can get Heck, I'd, I'd probably take seven points out of it right now if the Hurricanes could get it. Uh, so it's important to get these two points against the St. Louis Blues. And not easy, and we'll see Justin Falk. Uh, as, yeah, for the first time back in Raleigh since he's been a St. Louis Blue. Is this the first time Falk? No, it's not the first time Falk's been back, is it? I think it is. Did he not? Yeah, did they not come back in 19? In 1920? I, I mean... I was asking some of the other people tonight, and they said he was. I, I can't remember. Um, I, mean, I, I can't. I, I can't even remember the Vincent Trocheck penalty. So I definitely can't remember if it's, <laughs> if it's true. If Justin Paul came back at any point, but I think tomorrow's the first time he's been back to Raleigh to play, and we won't get Mose Queso. That's uh, true. He scores a goal. So would. Um... Do you think they'll do a video? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I hope they do do a video for Justin Falk. All right, now you've what you've got me doing is looking up the uh, St. Louis Blues schedule. And I'm looking for the Carolina Hurricanes. They played in St. Louis in February, a 6-3 St. Louis win. I guess that's it. They did not play in Carolina. So, yes, it will be Justin Falk's yeah. first game back at PNC Arena uh, where he was a crowd favorite. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they'll do they'll do the video at the first TV timeout. And, you know, we were joking tonight that he'll, he'll drift to the middle of the ice and he'll rip a big slap shot about three inches off the ice, it'll score probably. <laughs> Either that or he'll miss the net entirely. 
He was very good at that. I love Justin Falk, but he was uh he didn't have the most accurate shot. He was he was sort of the uh like the the teenager who had no control over his shot at all. Mm-hmm. So but man, it was hard though. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no no question about that. No question. He could he could rip it. Um, you know, there were three years in a row he had he averaged 16 goals a year for three years, and then that dried up. And uh, once that dried up, uh, Hurricane fans were done with him. <laughs> it just they just couldn't stand yeah, because, him. So and then once that dried up, he started playing his best defensive hockey. Man, that last year, the 18-19 season. He was so good defensively. It was, I remember talking to Rod after games going, when did he become Glenn Wesley? Because you know, all of a sudden the offense was gone. But, I mean, he was just so good defensively. I, I, I've said this before. He and Brett Pesci got them out of the Washington series. Completely got them out of that series. They played so many minutes, so heavy um, shorthanded, killed penalties. They were just on the ice constantly. Hurricanes fans never really appreciated it, but that's all right. Uh, they well, had they made weren't their, getting any queso. They were maybe that's it, man. You don't give us queso, we don't want you. Get out. All right. Get out. All right. Should we do this again after the St. Louis game? Yeah, let's do it. I right, remember so. all the penalties. All right. Before we get out of here, let's listen to the head coach and. Stephen Lawrence after the game. Uh, let's start with uh, with Lawrence, who I think summed up the night pretty well. It was a bad start to the third, but really, 40 minutes of great hockey, and they made a push at the end. Just didn't work out. Uh, I mean, their goalie did play well. He had a great game. Um, but um, as a Carolina Hurricane, we hold ourselves to a higher standard than, than what we showed in the third period there. We played a great 40 minutes of hockey, but it doesn't take 40 minutes to win in this league. It takes a full 60, and um, you could tell after that uh, first couple minutes of that third period, we were back on our heels, and that's just not how we play. You know, some of the turnovers and and just in the wrong times and, and in the wrong spots, and that's just what um, that's what happens. And, and they capitalized on our mistakes, and um, it's definitely disappointing for sure. But uh, I think we did it to ourselves, and. Um, it's too bad. Uh, like I said, we did play a great, a really, really solid first 40 minutes. Um, we weren't expecting it to be a super high-scoring game. We think Philly plays a pretty similar system to ours. Um, so it's too bad that uh, in the third period they just kind of beat us at our own game. So uh, we got to tighten up and uh, come ready to play against a, a real strong hockey club tomorrow. Steven, your goal tonight and then your individual effort against Toronto a couple weeks ago, what do those do for your personal confidence? Obviously, both unique ways to score goals and rather impressive. Um, I think I'm just still starting to get more and more confidence with each passing game uh, offensively. I think there's still times where um, I pass up shots or um, you know I might turn away from going to the net, but uh, I think it's slowly starting to come. I've always been a bit of a late bloomer and it's taken me a little bit longer to develop so I'm, I'm really starting to to get comfortable going to the blue paint and, and going to those dirty areas and getting confidence and it obviously helps playing with with really great line mates night in and night out um, you know those guys do do a lot of the heavy lifting and um, as long as I'm going to the net and, and that's where pucks are going or that's where they should be going then uh, I think offensive success will come for uh, for every guy who likes to go to the net. Any baseball in your past? <laughs> 
maybe a little bit when I was younger. I think I played a year of softball, but uh, I, uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a high stick or not, but I just kind of took a swing at it, and uh, fortunately it, it you know, went off my shaft and went in. But uh, and I think that all starts with... Uh, with good play in our in our D zone, leading to the O zone, a good good four check pressure, and um, obviously good things happen when, uh, like I said, you go to the net, and um, we didn't really do enough of that in the third period. But you know those those shifts that we were playing down and and there end in the first forty, you could tell that you know we were dominating, we were getting a lot of chances, and um, for whatever reason we just let off the gas in the third period, and uh, you know it came back to bite us in the butt. I appreciate anybody talking about bloomers and shafts. So good for Stephen Lawrence. Uh, now to the head coach, who, as we've said before, um, man, it was about the goaltender. It was about not getting enough out of the first two periods and kind of being asleep at the start of the third. Wow, it was kind of two different games. It was probably two of our best periods we may have played in a, you know all year, as far as the game, doing what we wanted to do. You know, we just didn't we just didn't get enough out of the periods. You know, enough to you know they were going to have a push and you know you're not going to dominate three periods it's just not going to happen so we had a few bad shifts and they capitalized and you know we thought we even we did a great kill at the end we had a good power play it was just you know we didn't do enough with the the first two periods to allow for having a little wiggle room do you chop that up a little bit to their goaltending too obviously yeah that's listen i mean he was great we know that but you know again it was just frustrating because we got off our game for a few, you know, minutes. There it was more than a few minutes in the third, and that's that was the difference. Were you pleased with the team generating 40 shots on goal, or how they were generated? Uh, like I said, I, I think it was two of the better periods we played in the first two periods. Just, you know, got a goal. It was offside. Like it was just, it was one of those nights that just nothing was working for us. And as far as you know, getting rewarded for what was going on and then kind of we messed up and it went in our net. So, um, you know, tough night for 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 everyone really because we played played pretty good, like I said, for two and didn't get anything out of it. Does this feel like one that slipped away? Yeah, no question, no question. It seemed like everything just changed on that one dump or one inning to the corner and the bounce. Good play by them. I mean, we had the exact same play on a, on a power play and we just lose it and they put it in. I mean. That's how it goes sometimes. I mean, you know, um, just frustrating because that the third period leaves a bad taste in your mouth there. What was your thoughts on how Jarvis performed? Yeah, he was line? really good. I thought. I mean, you know, um, again, he's played pretty well every game. You, you didn't say. And I know Vincent wasn't happy. You didn't seem happy with the the penalties in the first either. He said he didn't like the one in the third either. Did you get yeah. any kind of explanation? On Did that you, do you get replays on those? Yeah. What do you think? I, I can't comment on that. Yeah. I, you know, it's unfortunate that this is the way it goes. But I don't even blame the referees. I've said this a million times. N nobody can tell live what's going on. It's way too fast. You need a quick two-second replay, and you can clear all this up. It'll happen. Twenty years from now, we'll we'll we'll, we'll be doing that. And there you have it. The Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can check it out online, aluminumcompany.com, Sammy Hanna and crew. Uh, you can go online for your free no-obligation estimate or uh, bring all your stuff over there to Hamlin Road in Durham. Uh, they'll, uh, they'll hook you up right. Customer service is the best in the business. They do amazing work. 
at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating or review us if you want. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear that always. And we are here after every Carolina Hurricanes game, including after tomorrow's game or today's game, whenever you're listening to this, against the St. Louis Blues. I'm Adam Gold. Thanks to Alec Campbell. Thanks to you. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Buenos dias world from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.